0: would screw up and come off to the sideline and Bill Cower would be standing there waiting for him and the jaw would be all the way out like seriously protruding further forward than his nose and he would just ream that guy out you bad punter and how much everyone around here seemed to love that good morning to you Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. Not coincidentally, I also happen to offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. Steelers are back at practice today, beginning their preparation for the second game against the Bengals. That's coming up Sunday at 4.25 p.m. at Akershire Stadium. And the team isn't okay. The team hasn't been set right. For all we know, the team is still on the precipice of a complete catastrophe, meaning beyond being three and six, meaning something really, really awful. But they also might not be. And if, in fact, they aren't, while you can't erase a two and six start and you can't erase the mistakes that have been made along the way, not just by the players, but also by Mike Tomlin, by Omar Khan, by Kevin Colbert in having set up the roster to the extent that he was still employed over the summer, you still can have something good occur. And if it does, I'm going to say this preemptively, it'll be okay To give Tomlin some credit for that, because he hasn't been any level of passive observer to this process. He's been not just involved, he's been aggressively taking the reins of what it's going to take to turn this around. And to share with you some stuff that came my way from the locker room, as an example, he's had offensive players. Rather than just meeting with their fellow positional people in their groups, in their own classrooms, he's had them additionally spend time in bigger settings with everyone from the offense so that when they discuss concepts, so that when they look at film, so when they make plans, they can talk about how their positions affect somebody else. It addresses not only the tactical elements involved, it Addresses camaraderie, chemistry. It helps to prevent, or at least douse to an extent. One positional group blaming the other positional group. This was something that I'd heard about a few weeks ago, meaning in the negative context that the running backs would feel this way about the O-line. The O-line felt this way about the running backs or the quarterbacks or the wide receivers were blaming this or that. This way, they're all in the same room. They're all hashing it out, and they're all trying to get together. That is not something that I've heard happen in a football locker room. That is to this coach's credit, and it's going to be okay to credit him should this play out in a positive way. What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect, rigor, relevance. That's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported academically to graduate with career-ready, relevant skills. Visit pointpark.edu to learn more. Now, Tomlin would appreciate any of us talking about this about as much as he'd appreciate me taking my fingernails right now and scratching them on one of those classroom chalkboards. He hates it. He hates when stuff gets out. He hates when his players talk about stuff that's happened internally, even if it's like this and it's positive. So this was his reaction yesterday when he was asked about any changes that he's made. I'm open to change. I'm open to doing whatever is required for us to get better um, in all areas, divisional labor, schematics, et cetera. And, And so those have been the ongoing discussions. And so it shouldn't be surprising that somebody acknowledges that we're doing things differently. We have to. We had not won enough games, and so we better keep turning the stones over until we find the rhythm that we desire. That, of course, was Tomlin at his press conference yesterday on the South Side, and that's pretty much what you're going to get from him when you ask about anything at all that happened behind the scenes. But that's where he's been doing the job. And believe you me, I'd be saying the same thing if they'd made progress offensively defensively and in another facets and still lost to the Saints this is not an outcome based opinion he needs to make this team better he's not going to go and say to anyone that he needs to make it better toward 2023 but all of this matters all of it's cumulative that means all of the practices all of the studying all of the communication and, of course, everything that happens in the remaining eight game settings that they've got. All of it counts. All of it's going to matter going into spring and summer and, of course, into next season. And I'm going to remind everybody, as I reminded Tomlin himself in a question a couple of weeks ago, that this is uncharted territory for him. This is not anything with which he can rely on experience. He's had an 0 4 team and yeah, they were 2 and 6 and then they won uh, enough to go 6 and 2 the rest of the way and finish 500, still didn't make the playoffs, narrowly missed. But with this type of team, as opposed to that one in 2013 that had all that experience and all that talent, just bizarrely underachieved in the first month, this is way, 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 way different. This is uncharted. And it sounds to me like, at the risk of borrowing one of his own pet phrases here, this is something that he's embracing. As opposed to seeing it maybe the way he saw it a couple of weeks ago when he looked genuinely down and got a little bit, uh, what's the best way for me to describe this? He can get a little quieter whenever he's genuinely thrown by a situation. I've seen that in the past, and I did see it in London in 2013. This... This is where he was, I think, a couple of weeks ago, post-Miami and really post-Philadelphia. And even following the Saints game, he didn't have a, yeah, way to go, men, yeah, da 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 whatever. He just, all right, we got a little bit better. Now we got more work ahead. Let's see how it goes. I'm not making some sort of broader pronunciation here or whatever else, and I'm not patting him on the back for one win over New Orleans. What I'm saying here is that if it turns out to become something that's good, something that the franchise can build on, let's remember every component to it, both the bad and the good. When we come back, J1Q. Mike's can't be topped, not for beer, not for the awesome kitchen and menu that's available, and not for all the special events that are going on there. Check them out online at mikesbeerbar.com. Mike's Beer Bar, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Today's J1Q comes from LT, who says, DK, this is random, but why is nobody mentioning Larry O? He's been a silent killer on that D-line every time. And there's a TFL next to his name all the time. This guy is always somewhere in the mix. LT, you got me. Okay, you you got me. I, I mentioned Larry almost not at all. Larry Ogunjobi, of course, is who LT is referring to. And he played a terrific game Sunday against the Saints. And if it makes you feel any better... I did tell him that (laughs) on Sunday, okay? I had to ask Larry a question uh, for – it wasn't even one of my own pieces. One of our uh, reporters at DK Pittsburgh Sports was doing something on that fourth and one stop, okay? And one of the things that you do sometimes, we're all on the same team, meaning all of our reporters. We have to move around the locker room and try to grab as many people that we know we need for a specific subject as possible. And I saw Larry just – kind of sitting there, kind of collecting himself after the game, walked up to him and asked him on the record about the play, about his contribution to it, and he, by the way, was down there with Cam Hayward taking away everything low, and then Alex Highsmith came and shot in from the side, and then Robert Spillane comes at the end and wraps up Andy Dalton and throws him down and gets all the glory, and you can never even see Larry down there and what he did. He never shows up on any camera angle. But, yeah, he was good. He was really good. And as a gesture of respect, as I was turning the tape off, I said, Larry, man, that was a really, really good game you played. And he was like, thanks, man. So there, LT, I, I gave Larry his props, not just here on Daily Shot, but also right to Larry. So take take that for what it's worth. Has he been underappreciated? Yes. Um, he's also been banged up. Uh, that's a concern that went back to Larry's acquisition over the summer, obviously, it's the reason that he had to walk away from a much, much, much bigger contract that he was supposed to have been fulfilling right now in Denver. But he's not only come here and toughed it out and played through some stuff, and you can tell usually when someone's playing through some stuff just by following the parentheses over the course of the full week. Larry's usually got something. On Thursday, well, let's do it this way, Wednesday, and then Thursday, and then Friday, he goes to limited, and the parentheses is still there, but then he's out there on the field Sunday, and he's not, you know, he's not being the holder, he's he's right down there in the trenches, he's being forced to make things happen, and he's done that, to his credit, he's been a good pickup for this team, I don't know what Larry's future is, in Pittsburgh, uh, I believe that he'd have to stay significantly healthy for the remainder of this year and show uh, all the Steelers but really the rest of the NFL because it's going to be an open market for him unless something were to happen before free agency that he can do it, that he can stay out there and you know make an impact and not be stuck on the sideline with the parentheses all the time. If that's the case, I'd very strongly entertain bringing him back because this D-line is going to take a a real rebuild. I'm not going to be getting into draft talk too much during the season, but if and when the Steelers get themselves a decent pick, even if it's in the low teens or whatever, I'd really like to see these trenches. Both sides get addressed. Uh, Cam Hayward is obviously going to be in his mid-30s next year. DeMarvin Leal has looked promising. Can't wait to see him back. Might happen sooner than we thought, based on some stuff that Tomlin said yesterday. But there's a lot of work to do on that line. Larry's been nice, though. Larry's Larry's been a nice pickup. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do another one of these tomorrow.